Hi everyone, Kirk Hamilton here. Welcome to Strong Songs, a podcast about music. This is the very first episode that I did for this podcast, and when I did it, I wasn't actually sure whether or not I was going to make this into a regular thing. So instead of editing this episode and making it sound like part of uh, an ongoing podcast, I decided I would just put this in the feed basically as is and uh, run it. So you will hear me discussing a little bit on this podcast whether or not this is going to be a podcast. Good news, hooray, it is. Also, one small correction. At one point, I say A to A sharp, and actually, what I should have said is A to G sharp. I was just talking off the top of my head, and hey, mistakes happen. I'm going to leave that in. I'm not going to fix it. I'm just going to make myself accept the error and let it live for all time. Without further ado, here's the first episode of Strong Songs about Toto's Africa. Hello, everyone, and welcome to what is not actually a real podcast, but just something that I thought I would maybe record and could one day possibly turn into a podcast. My name is Kirk Hamilton. You may know me from such podcasts as Kotaku Split Screen, but I also really like to talk about music. If you listen to that podcast, I do a music pick of the week each week and get to talk some about uh, songs that I like and just sort of tell people why I like them. And, and、uh, I thought it might be fun to try recording something on my own time that was just me talking a little bit about. Another song that I like a little more in depth, not super in depth, but just you know, picking a song and talking about it. This is something、uh, I've been thinking about doing for a little while, and you know, it, it's not an official thing, it doesn't have a name. I guess if it had a name, I would call it like the Cool Songs Podcast or the Music Pick Podcast or something, but、uh, I don't have a name, and I don't even know if I'm gonna do it regularly. But、um, if people like it, maybe I will. So, anyway, I wanted to start this,、uh, this idea or to try recording an episode、uh, talking about a song that I have discussed several times with my split screen co host, Jason Schreier. It is、uh, a song by a band called Toto, and it's called Africa. So, of course, everybody knows this song. I mean, not everybody, but probably pretty much everybody knows Toto's Africa.、Uh, I'm, I'm not even going to pretend that I'm not just、uh, cribbing from Wikipedia here, so I'll just read you the first few lines of the Wikipedia entry. Africa is a song by the American rock band Toto. It was included on their fourth studio album, Toto 4, and released as a single on September 30th, 1982. It reached number one on the US Billboard Hot 100 chart on February 5th, 1983. It was the band's only Billboard number one. It was number three on the UK single. Chart the same month. The song was written and composed by the band members David Page and Jeff Porcaro. So, I, you know, everybody knows this song. This song is an internet meme. It is even identified in Wikipedia as being an internet meme, which I think makes it an official internet meme.、Um, I always see people talking about this. Since I started talking about it on split screen, a lot of people have sent me various, you know, versions of Africa and a cappella group covers and choral covers and all kinds of wild stuff. I've listened to some of them, I haven't listened to all of them.、Uh, But I really just wanted to kind of go back to this song and figure out why it resonates with people the way that it does, because I really like this song too. And kind of going back and sitting down and listening to it, a few things jumped out at me. So I thought that we could just go through some of the just aspects of the song, I think, that make it great. So for starters, I think something、uh, that, that makes this song stand out is the mix and the way that the song is mixed. So let's just listen a little bit to the groove that happens before the verse comes in. 
Okay, so even just there, let's talk about that for a second. So what happens there is this, this it starts with just the drums and this sort of rhythm riff that everybody knows at this point doesn't actually come in at the very beginning of the song. So first you just kind of have this beat. I really like that just as an approach for a song. Um, there's something about having just drums be, it's sort of like a tease. You can hear the drum beat and you probably kind of know what song it is just based on the mix and the groove and the tempo. And then the synths and the bass come in and you're like, like, yes, it's, it is Toto. And there's a feeling of sort of validation to that that people really like. Another really good example of that is um, another song that you probably know, and I'm going to play that example right now. Wait, do you know what song is going to play? I bet you know what song is going to play. I bet you're ready and you're just waiting to hear what song is going to play. Okay, Michael, you can take a back seat. We're not talking about you, uh, at least not in this episode. But that's a that's a, an example of, of like a thing that I really like when uh, you start with a drum beat that is at least distinct enough to give people a sense of what's coming, and then when the actual tune comes in, they're kind of primed to be excited for it. Uh, if you've ever played, well, I've played in plenty of cover bands where we played Billie Jean, and we always start with that drum beat, and the minute the bass line comes in, everyone's kind of primed to lose their mind over it. So Toto's Africa kind of does the same thing because you hear this beat, and then all at once and then i think it just it, it lands really really well and it sounds very very nice it's very big it's very uh reverby but also very clear i think you can hear each individual voice uh to an uncommon extent you can really hear um the harmonies that they're playing which sounds really nice and the arrangement is really really cool on the groove too and uh, what makes an arrangement like this work, I think, is that you kind of have a call and a response going on. So the call sounds like this. And then the response, of course, is this little do 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 business that sounds like this. The stereo pan is doing something you don't have to get too technical about it. They've kind of got a marimba doing the call over on the right, and then the response is happening over on the left, so there's a nice sense of sort of stereo motion going on. But really, I just think it's that the sounds that they're getting are really lovely and um, distinct and set a really clear mood for uh, for the rest of the song. So the groove is one of the things about this song that I think people love, but of course, the thing that people really love about this song is the chorus. And that's really the thing I kind of want to break down on this episode is what makes the chorus to this song so good because I kind of, you know, I have some thoughts about that. So the chorus of this song is fantastic. I, I feel like I Googled this song, was looking around, I saw it on all these lists of the most explosive pop choruses in music history and that kind of thing. And that's because it's a really, really good chorus. So let's listen to it really quick and then break it down a little bit. So really good chorus. I mean, it's a really good chorus, right? But I think it's interesting uh, how it's how it's arranged, especially the vocal arrangement. And it's not actually a lot like uh, many other pop songs, especially pop songs that get stuck in your head. Now, before we talk about the melody, just let's go over the chord progression really quick. It's a very, very common chord progression. It's just F sharp minor, D major, A major, E major. Over and over again, that's six, four, one, five. And that's one of the most common chord progressions in all of pop music. It sounds like this. 
Now, a million great melodies have been written over that chord progression. Toto's Africa is no different,、uh, and it really just comes down to the vocal arrangement. So, if you listen to the to the way that the vocals work, they actually layer in a, a vocal track on each phrase. So, the first phrase is just one person. All right, so it's basically just two notes. It's an A and an A sharp. Real simple, and that's the, basically the melody of the song. If you just sing the top part of the of the melody throughout the chorus, you just sing those two notes over and over and over again. Of course, that's not where the magic happens. The magic happens in the harmonies. So the second phrase adds a second voice. So now you've got this extra drama. The lyrics are more dramatic. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. And the second voice has got three notes happening in it. So there's a little bit more motion going on that sort of outlines the harmony a little bit more. So then we're primed for the for the big moment of the chorus, and this is "I bless the rains down in Africa." You know the most the most epic lyric in the entire song, and that's when the third harmony part comes in, and the third harmony part is what ties the entire room together. Check this out. Now it's actually easy to kind of miss what's going on there, but it's really, really crucial. I think it's a little thing, but it's the kind of vocal arranging that makes a song like this work. And it's the line that the third person is singing. That third voice is the most important voice in this entire chorus, despite the fact that it is not the highest. It's actually true of a lot of arranging. I find the lower voices, the ones that move around a little bit more, are actually more important than the lead voices, despite the fact that everyone sort of assumes, oh, lead trumpet, lead alto saxophone, you know, lead soprano. That's going to be the most important part. It's just the top part. A lot of times, the real good stuff happens in the middle. So check this out.、Uh, let's listen to them sing it one more time. So that bottom part, that third voice, is kind of starting down on an A, and then it just walks kind of around all over the place. There's a lot more motion going on than in the other parts. It sounds like this. Can you hear it in there? It's kind of hard to hear, but listen again. So then it's time for the middle voice, which you know was previously singing that second part. Middle voices are always tough. It's always hard when you're singing or playing the middle voice because you kind of gotta stay in between the top and the bottom. But the middle voice here is also super crucial because the middle note starts on a C sharp. It might be an A. Pretty sure it's a C sharp, and then it jumps up to this F sharp. That's kind of the most important note. It sounds like this. It's not that exciting when you listen to it on its own, but it really has a lot of drama. Partly because of where it sits、uh, in the male vocal register, a C sharp and an F sharp is kind of right singing over the male break. So those are actually the most dramatic, sort of magic sounding notes in the arrangement. They just happen to be、uh, in the middle part. And so then, when you put all three parts together, you get this.
So I know that that's like a lot of time to dedicate to basically two bars of music, but I think that those two bars are the most important two bars of the whole song. That moment in the vocal arrangement, it's this perfect harmony between the lyrics and the uh, the melody. Because the melody is adding this big dramatic jump for the middle voice. It's got the three harmony parts in there. It's creating these nice suspended harmonies that carry you through the phrase. And it's the most dramatic lyric in the song. I bless the rain down in Africa. As kind of silly as that lyric is, it's also just so emotional and amazing, even if you don't really know what it means. So it's a perfect delivery. Um, it's a perfect delivery of that moment. And then, of course, the last phrase, there are still three voices in there. They're pretty close and it sounds like this. So, you know, we don't have to go too in-depth on that on that last part of the arrangement. But the, the, I do like how the bottom voices kind of hold stable notes that suspend the phrase while the while the kind of top note takes back over um, where it was. And then that kind of cheesy-sounding electric guitar comes in at the very end, just to remind you that things have gotten very dramatic. So the chorus of this song is really wonderful, and it's wonderful for a specific reason. I think it's actually kind of unusual for a, for a pop song's chorus to work this way. So, you know, most songs, someone just sings the chorus, and sometimes there's a harmony part. Sometimes someone comes in, you know, on various parts of the phrase and backs them up or adds, you know, harmony. But it's rare for a song to kind of have such a static melody. Like that is not the greatest melody ever written if you just sit there and look at it that way. But the harmonies are what make this thing work. And, you know, those inner harmonies, you know, especially on that third phrase, are pretty thick. I, it took me a minute just sitting at the piano to figure out what they are, and I'm pretty sure I've got them. But, you know, I could be missing a note, too. It's pretty dense and kind of hard to hear in the moment. But I think that people hear it anyways. And there's just something unusual about the way that it that it sounds that, that sticks out to people and is, is very memorable and sounds really good. So that's the chorus of this tune. Obviously, the biggest, most important part of it. There there are a couple other little things before we wrap up that I just want to point out that I really like about this. The first one is actually the keyboard solo. So no one really talks about the keyboard solo in um, in Toto's Africa, but it's a really, really good solo. Uh, it's kind of keyboard flute, and, uh, and we're just going to listen to it right now. Here's the solo. So this solo is so short, it's so not the part of the song that most people call out. I mean, it's nowhere near as dramatic as the chorus or something like that. But I think it's a really, actually a really tight, really rhythmically happening and even harmonically interesting solo. And it just kind of points to the level of musicianship that I'm assuming was in this band. This is kind of a test that I have a lot of times for pop groups. Because, you know, there are a lot of bands that write good pop songs, but they don't always have a whole bunch of, you know, solo chops. And I should say, this isn't even a solo. I mean, this was written out. If you listen, there are three voices, like a marimba and a keyboard and I think a synth flute and maybe I think that's it I think there's three voices playing this together so this was clearly written out ahead of time but it's actually really happening this phrase in particular listen to this phrase just really nice use of triplets and really confident phrasing and then they come out of it with another really happening line 
there is an art form to doing, you know, a six bar solo in the middle of a pop song. You don't want to do too much. It's very hard to try to fit all your licks in to try to fit, you know, too much in. It's an extremely limited amount of time. And I really like that art form. It's a little bit similar to jingle writing. And I just think that this solo, this solo is just really good. It demonstrates a level of musicianship that is sort of above and beyond the the average for this kind of a song. I should say that was, you know, played by Steve Porcaro, who's this the synthesizer player. Um, and his brother, Jeff Porcaro, the co-writer of the song, was the drummer in this band. And actually their dad, Joe, uh, played percussion and marimba on this track, too. So this, this tune is also kind of a family affair, which I think is kind of a cool trivia bit. So the two other parts of this song that I want to talk about are the climax and the come down. So this song has one of the best climaxes, you know, in, in pop history, or at least it's something that everybody really loves. People love to sing along with it, too. And it's the part where a lead singer, David Page, finally kind of lets loose. They've done all this work building up the vocal harmonies, and then he overdubs himself, singing in his glorious head voice about how he blesses the rains down in Africa. Here it comes. It's a tried and true thing to have someone do that, to freestyle really epic high notes over an already recorded chorus, but it works super well in this tune. And I always love when people sing along with that at karaoke or, you know, um, when you're at a dance party and the song comes on and uh, everyone just feels the need to try to hit those super high notes. Uh, the last thing I'm going to point out is just another one of those little examples of musicianship that I think are part of just what give this song an extra something that makes people uh, respond to it, even if they don't realize what they're responding to. And it's something that happens at the end of the song from a musician who hasn't actually been featured super prominently on this song, uh, David Hungate, who's the bass player for Tota, he plays this little lick um, as they're kind of on the the vamp at the end of the song on the way out, and I I really dig it. It's the sort of little touch um, that I that I really enjoy in this song. Uh, it sounds like this. It's a nice little thing. He just kind of goes up on the neck of the bass and he plays this little line. It seems like the kind of thing that probably just came up in the studio, you know. So that's a neat touch and kind of a nice way to bring things down after the emotional catharsis of the chorus of Toto's Africa. So that's pretty much it for this song. There are a couple of different versions of this song that I really like uh, for different reasons. The first one is an acapella version. I know there are a lot of acapella versions of this song, but uh, this one is by a an acapella group that's actually from my hometown of Bloomington, Indiana. They're called Straight No Chaser. They're still around. I actually saw them on tour in Portland. I don't know any of them personally, though I went to school with, I think it's the siblings of at least one of the people in that group and they're really great uh, if you're into acapella at all which you know I, I like vocal harmonies despite some of the cheese that acapella can bring and this version of it they did when they were still IU students and um, it was so requested and so popular you know this was 20 years ago or something but it was it was so requested and so popular that they retired it and then, of course, if you retire your most popular cover, they break it out at various points. Um, but this version is, I think, from a really, really old studio record that they had out that um, I'm not sure if you can even get it anywhere. It's possible to find online. I found it on YouTube. And uh, it's nice because it kind of highlights some of the vocal arrangements. And then they, they make some changes, actually, too, that I, that I sort of dig as well. So here's a clip of that. Hurry, boy, it's waiting there for you. Better, more could ever do. I best 
So, you know, not to take away from all the other acapella versions of this song, which are great, because of course they're great, because this has a great vocal arrangement and it lends itself to acapella. I just really like that one. Um, the other version is a little different. It's uh, This is actually a version of the existing song uploaded to YouTube by someone named Cecil Robert that I learned about through a very, very cool uh, New Yorker article that I also read. So maybe to start with the article, uh, it's by Gia Tolentino, who used to write for Jezebel, who's a wonderful writer. She writes for The New Yorker now. The headline is, The Overwhelming Emotion of Hearing Toto's Africa Remixed to Sound Like It's Playing in an Empty Mall. And um, I couldn't do the article justice, you should just read it. Uh, it's really wonderful, and it's about the, you know, the emotional response of hearing this version of Africa that's been remixed to sound like you're hearing it in an empty shopping mall. And uh, it's, it's by this person named Cecil Robert, who uploads videos like this to YouTube of, of songs sort of remixed to sound this way. And if you just close your eyes and and listen to it it's really something else so uh so close your eyes and listen to this It's just perfect. It's a perfect way to listen to this song. The top YouTube comment on this is from someone named Katie Toast, who says this is honestly how it, the song, was meant to be played. Why am I crying? I don't even know if I'm sad. And it just is such a wonderful way to listen to a wonderful song. I think this song came out in 1982, which was a little before my time. This, I wasn't around when it was on the radio, and I think a lot of people weren't. But it harkens back to a past that I still remember somehow. It makes me nostalgic in a way that I can't even fully articulate. It's such a triumphant, wonderful song, and I think that it's really good. So yeah, that's the end of uh, what may be the first episode of something I do more of, or may just be something fun that I did just to talk about Toto's Africa. Uh, if you like this, you know, tell people to listen to it, and feel free to share it anywhere. Uh, and also let me know, you know, I'm probably easiest to find on Twitter, uh, at Kirk Hamilton. You can also find me at KirkHamilton.com. I'm kind of very easy to find on the internet. Uh, so I hope that you liked listening to me talk about how much I like Toto's Africa, and uh, I hope you take care and listen to lots of good music. <laughs>